We're back! Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Hi. JJ. And it's Shayna here for season three of Yo, Yo Business. Business. So we're not going to pretend like it hasn't been longer than we said. Like 500 years. Like 500 years. Yeah. But like people be busy, y'all. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard out here. But we're back. Got bills. Yes. Ain't that the damn <laughs> trip? <laughs> Um, but we're back, and we have a lot to say, because obviously the world has literally fallen into a dumpster fire since we stopped talking. So, like, we... Isn't it always in a dumpster I fire? I mean, if we're, like- we are the dumpster fire now, though. Like, there's a literal pandemic, like, affecting the globe. What's happening? Is there anything more dystopian than, like, what's happening now? Hard to say. Yeah. Did you see? I posted on my Instagram. Somebody was like, dystopian is just white people for, oh, shit, it could happen to us, too. Because mm. it's true. Dystopian is always like slavery. And we're like, yeah. Yeah. Already happened. I've seen it. Exactly. Seen it, yeah. Exactly. Like, we already know. Even like Handmaid's Tale, as much as we love that, that's happened to black women already. Say more. Uh, <laughs> black women being forced to breed during slavery mm-hmm. and like mates chosen for them mm-hmm. and like just having babies that so handmaid's tale like i'm sure that sucks the reality but which that's is already so, happened which is also interesting us. when you think about the lack of diversity in handmaid's tale but did you this oh so you know i'm finally catching up on this mm-hmm. season there's like more black hand or there's like at least that one black handmaid they're the marthas oh right there there's is. a one black and she's yeah. had like four kids and then they go to that people those people's house in dc and they have ki- kids of all races mm-hmm. but they're still pretending like they don't care about that like that they're just as fine with this indian baby as they right. are with the white ones which right. we know racism's still going to be in the future so yes. racism ain't going nowhere oh dark dark beginnings <laughs> But, um, yay, your business. Are you ready to hop in? (laughs) I'm excited to just like get back to talking about what's up. Let's do it. Where should we start? Um, what's going on in the the entertainment world? (laughs) I can't with that sizzle. (laughs) I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> Stop calling so, this. So JJ always tries the shit on my phone because it's older than his, but his phone literally sounds like a hot dog on a grill. Yeah, do you hear that? I dropped it down a flight of stairs. Okay, and now this is the noise that it makes. It sounds like when you first you just upgraded <laughs> today. And my phone, my, but this phone never. This seven never made the noise of a hot dog. Did you drop it down a, a hot dog in a plant? No, that okay, sounds like then. a personal problem. That has nothing to do with whatever. Apple. Whatever. Okay. All right. What's up? Um. So okay, topic one: culture, entertainment, uh, <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> Um, I think we should talk about Candyman and the trailer. Ooh, that's the devil. Did you see it? No, of course. Like you doesn't it mean- have like a scary Destiny's Child song in. <laughs> I'm not here for that. That was the best part. Would it sing it? It was like say my name. No! I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. Yes. No, okay. And then, like, Beyonce's like, if somebody doesn't tell me who. Stop. Okay. <laughs> stop. Please stop doing it because I got to be here by myself when you leave. Stop it. I'm going to shut you know, this shit down. <laughs> but the whole premise is that you say Candyman's things five, in five the times mirror, in the mirror. Yeah. It appears and hooks you. Um, 
That was the highlight. In fact, when Jordan Peele released the trailer um, on Twitter, Say My Name was trending. And everybody was like, why is Say My Name trending? Like, it's either Dustin Shaw or Walter White from Breaking Bad. Which oh. You don't know anything about it. Nope. Fine. I don't uh, like stressful TV. <laughs> um, but you watch Handmaid's Tale. Come on. Well, that's real life. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared. I mean, I'm so doing, is Candyman. I'm doing, I'm doing, really, if we want to get down to brass tacks. Candyman? So is Candyman. I'm doing research for the future. So, so yeah, anyway, so they released this trailer uh, basically showing that there will be a sequel to the original Candyman, which came out in 1992, which was about this uh, black villain of a horror movie who appears when you say his name five times in a mirror, he has. Was a it hook. a black villain? Did he do it to white people? No, that's that's the interesting part. So here's the thing: I never this, knew this it was a old, it's so, an old thing. So when I saw this trailer, it was so good that it made me want to go back and watch the original, uh-huh. which me and Philip did last night. Which was like what from the eighties? From nineteen ninety two. Oh wow! Thinking that oh, this is like <clears throat> so. This now now Jordan Peele is doing it, so it must have been good. It was trash. Really, but. They have the makings of like a really good movie. That so they're talking about justification and like um, in the nineties. Yes. Oh wow. Even Philip, you know, he's a very highbrow kind. He's of an actor. Guy. He's an actor. He was like, wow, director this movie is cut. Good. <laughs> he's not a director. Hi, he's an actor. No, that's what um, the director saying to him. Cut the movie. Even he said was doing a lot for 1992, um, and basically the premise is. Um, there's so much violence in like these Chicago projects uh, called Cabrini Green, and there's so much violence that people start attributing it to uh, a villain named Candyman. Mm-hmm. So like it's not that. So the headlines are saying like, oh, look at life in a project, people just dying left and right or whatever. But then, but the urban legend is there's a guy named Candyman who comes. Stop like, saying his name so much. Sorry. Don't do that in here. <laughs> um, that uh, the the urban legend starts that there's actually a person who is seeking revenge, you know, on because they took his they took his he so this black guy in the late 1800s. Um, he's a, he his his parents were slaves. He then got an inheritance and was like one of the upper you know class you know very well to do blacks, and then he went and. Um, uh, had an affair with a white woman. That'll get you every time. And got her pregnant. And then the townspeople basically chopped his hand off, which now he has a hook in, and um, let bees like attack him. Yeah, this is tough. So, um, so bees. So, moral of the story: (laughs) leave the white women alone. Anyway, Unless you want your hand cut off. <laughs> so this movie coming out in June is <laughs> it's just called Candyman, but it's uh, the sequel. What's that guy's that fine ass man's name? What What's was his name? Yaya? Oh yes, love him. Is he What's is he the guy? Name? Yaya Abdul Mateen the second is his name, um, and he's the star along with Tiana Parrish. Um, mm. and Vanessa L. Williams, who was in the in first the Candyman. I'm not going to spoil it. But was the first one called Candyman? Yeah. Oh. So this is like, I feel like this is like a spiritual, like 
successor to like the original to where like they're calling back to elements of the first but it's like not the first oh okay it's not a full remake right right um i feel like what's gonna happen is they're gonna make yaya candy man that's what i think is gonna happen when's it come out june oh okay but the trailer is still trending and very (laughs) anyway um the first, the thing that the after, so after I saw the original last night, I was like, usually, you know, I've I've ranted on the show about how much like we don't need any more remakes. Right. I'm tired of remakes. Uh, they're a waste of money. They're a, a cash grab. Lion King, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you did but, hate Lion oh my King. God, it was so seeing Lion King pointless. next to you. It was so pointless. It was like, why are we doing this? So Beyonce could be in it. So Beyonce could read the script from her and car we stand on the queen, iPhone. We but do. We don't need it. Um, I was like, this is after seeing that movie last night. I was like, please, Jordan Peele, please remake this. Like, yeah. Like we, this is this needs to happen. They're talking about life and the projects. They're talking about the perception of black people in the media and how th- there are, there are moments in the movie where they're like, oh, we so we read a newspaper and a person like. Oh, so it must be true then, mm-hmm. you know? Even in 1992, that's what I'm saying. This movie was really ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that it's being redone. But what is Jordan Peele's role? He so, didn't... Right. So like, Jordan Jordan is the producer, which usually means like he like backs the movie. Right. He's, like, He's not the director. The director. Right. So that's the other interesting thing about the Scandinavian remake is that um, the director is Nia DaCosta. Whose name who, you don't really who, hear. Right. You see it in the trailer, but nobody is attributing this amazing right. trailer and hopefully amazing movie to a, a black woman. Because, like, Get Out and Us were, like, Jordan Peele movies, right? right? Like, director, all of that. But this right. isn't that. It's not, but I will say, you can see Jordan Peele's hand in it. Like, you can see, like, the touches. It's very Us. It feels very Get Out. Even, like, remember how in Get Out they remixed, um, no, that was Us. They remixed I Got Five on it. I didn't see us. Oh, well. the same I like way, I like my spirit. The to same be <laughs> at peace. But you saw Get Out. Yeah, I was forced. Okay, were you? Yeah. Or were you just like forced? You felt left out. Now it's forced. FOMO. Now it's forced. <laughs> I feel like you to see it with a bunch of people who had already <laughs> seen it. Anyway, um, I think for me the takeaway from this was like sometimes a remake is just in order. Yeah, and I acquiesced to that. Jordan Peele, Nia DaCosta, um, please. Do it. Do yeah. the thing. Like bring all these like really important elements to life in a black ass horror movie. Um, and I also think that Nia DaCosta should be getting her props. Right. I do think perhaps perhaps there is a compromise that she just accepted where she was like, I'm on this with Jordan Peele and I'm trying to come up to if y'all want to put his name at the top and it could be a Jordan Peele movie. Maybe. And so that this is a vehicle for my next movie where I can be the headliner. Yeah. You know. Black black women specifically creative erasure is so like Yeah. Tale as old as time. Yeah. But I do part of me does hope that she just No, I don't hope that. Because like yeah. we should just be able to like be loud about it but you know it's also like if anyone does anything next to oprah like duh oprah's name's gonna be the bigger name but also i think about like what if it was just if the the simple fact of the matter is that if it was just her name on it less people would see it less people would go see it based on name recognition i think right so but there seems like there should be a way that right 
Yeah. But I get it. I mean, headlines aren't going to be like, Nia DaCosta and Jordan. Like, <laughs> who's going to get the clicks? And right. it's going to be Jordan. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm obviously not going to see it, but come back and tell us how I it will. is. I okay? will. And Zoom. Do that. <laughs> I feel like talking about this, though, did make me think about just the idea of, like, black legacy and how often, like, we're so used to seeing, like, Tom Hanks' son and Goldie Hawn's daughter and, like, right, just, like, white Hollywood, the children of white Hollywood doing all these things. And I feel like it is awesome to then think about, like, what happens when black Hollywood allows other black Hollywood to, yeah. to move forward. Yeah, she's 29. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I, I love the idea of that. And, like, something I've been watch, binge-watched recently um, is High Fidelity on Hulu with Zoe mm. Kravitz. And, you know, Lisa Bonet was in the original movie High Fidelity. I don't think I knew that. Existed. Yeah, so High Fidelity was a movie based on a book, and Lisa Bonet was in it, like, back in the 80s, I think. Mm. And now her daughter is in... Wait, is this the movie she did with that made Bill Cosby mad because she was nude? Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I did I've never seen it. But it was um She had a sex scene with a white man? Probably. Because that's how this yeah. show is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so when the Cosby show was running and she was Denise, she and Bill Cosby got into a big tiff because, you know, he wanted ironically to right. project the kids to always project this this image of wholesome whole uh this project this image of wholesomeness even like when they weren't filming right they got into a big argument about that because of i'm sure this was it because that it's that's very much the point of this show Mm. is like her kind of like sexual adventures um zoe kravitz is just gorgeous and like very good in it and it just to me like was nice to see a black legacy continue because we are so used to seeing like a white celebrity do a remake of something their parents were in, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, when I see Tracy Ellis Ross, like, she did, like, a music video kind of, like, parodying a song her mom had done. And it's, like, we get a legacy now in Hollywood, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that idea. And, like, recently, Erica Badu and her daughter Puma uh, sang a song together on Good Morning Texas. And there's just so much of that where it's just, like, damn. Can her daughter sing? She was Okay. She not, was no Erica. Not a ringing endorsement. Yeah, she was no Erica. But Can we she... talk for a minute about her, about Erica's vagina smelling candle? Do it. It's sold out. WTF. Why not? Gwyneth Paltrow did it, it and also sold out. Would you buy it? I don't it? like incense. <laughs> but why not? And it's you... a candle. You do like candles. I you just bought like a candles. candle. But I, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's was a candle. Erica's is, an, is, is, is candle. Oh. No, it's incense. Would you buy a Gwyneth's? No, I would never buy a white woman's <laughs> vagina and put it in my house. But you know what I do appreciate? You know what Erica said in response to people asking her about this incense? What did she say? She said, it's time for you guys to take us off your mood board and put us on your payroll. Mm. And yes, I'm not going to be out here inspiring all of you and you don't pay me. Mm. So whatever you got to sell, girl, I'm I'm in full support of it. Did I buy it? No. But do I think it's awesome that it sold out? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, Erica Badu is actually probably my favorite musical artists in terms mm-hmm. of like whose music can like can I listen to all day every day right it's Erica yeah um but I do not want to smell her vagina in my apartment yeah well you don't have yeah. to yeah. I'm glad somebody did though yeah and I'm glad she just keeps like she just turned 49 I think I'm glad she just keeps like reinventing what 
we can expect from her. I feel so old. I remember like being in fifth grade and going to buy Baduism. Like on a on a field trip to Washington. Yeah, well, imagine how she feels. You were in fifth grade buying her album, and she was an adult. I'm thirty four. But I was happy to see that, and you know, it's just funny. Like she has children with some of like hip hop's greatest, and I just love that she just like these men fall in love with her, and she has a baby with them. She literally has a song called uh, "Don't Fall in Love with Me." Your your, parentheses your funeral. That is a song. I love that. I love that. She gets these men, rocks their world, maybe have a baby, and then you got to go. Devastated. Then you got to go. You're devastated. And then you will never be the same again, common sense. And then you'll go. (laughs) And then you'll go. Where's Andre 3000 been? And then you'll go and create like the masterpiece of your life. Exactly. And you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. But (laughs) is that not the reason that we should all be buying her vagina incense? Because look what it's done. Look what it's done. Andre 3000 hasn't made music in how long? He can't even bring himself. He's in the airport playing a flute. (laughs) Did you see that video? No. Somebody on Twitter was like, I'm in the, it was like a Philly airport, I think. And they're like, I'm in the airport. And some guy that looks like Andre 3000 is over here playing a flute. And then she updates and she's like, it is Andre 3000. (laughs) He's just like in the airport playing a damn. What the, what? That's what happens. Erica turns you around. Wow. So sell that girl. Wow. Bottle that. Yeah. Maybe I should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would like to smell it. I doubt it like smells like literal vagina. I'm sure it smells like incense with like some musk. I don't know. It's Erica. She's real. She's, I, she's real I think it shit. still is an incense. I don't want to talk about politics, but I guess we should. You can't talk about dystopias without talking about politics. Because we're in it. <laughs> so... Democratic, <laughs> they're just dropping like flies. The, the the field is thinning. Yeah, we were up to five now, right? Biden, Warren, Warren Sanders, Bloomberg, Tulsi Gabbard is still in the race. Which I don't even know who that is, to be honest. She's the one uh, who a lot of people, uh, including Hillary Clinton, has accused of being a Russian plant. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Good luck. Good luck to her. Um, so I remember when we left off last season. We still had brown people in the race, didn't we? There were brown people still or in the race. Or non-white people. Absolutely none. Duh. Now. Duh. And not even the gay anymore. But also not even the gay. The gay is we out. We get no <laughs> we get no others. No diversity. No. Well there's Warren. Two women now. Oh, I forgot that. The yeah, Russian <laughs> <laughs> We got a woman, an American oh, woman. Oh, I forgot yeah, the Russian plant. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, my question is, are we... So, yeah, when we left off, Liz was in the lead. Yeah. Um, and she was, like dominating as far as like the proposals she was putting out as far as like i feel like the public support people were coming out in support of her now she's like at the bottom of the like she's not really expected to be a front runner so are we like surprised at how the field has shaken out since no. the last time we okay did i not think it would end up being white man against white man against white man I was surprised we had so many others in there to begin with, to be mm. honest. Um, 
But I also, and I've said this before, I think that sexism um, is a bit stronger than racism in this country, which is like controversial to say, but I do feel like if- That's, that's strong. Yeah. I just, I just think that uh, gender existed before race did, right? Mm. Like they're both constructs. And like they both mean. At the end of the day, they're both. They both mean literally nothing. But I think that, you know, we we decided man, man and woman existed before we decided black and white did, and so I feel like that holds a lot of weight. And like that's why when it came down to Obama, right? Mm-hmm. They were just like, all right, like he is brown, but he's a man, mm-hmm. so we'll take. And so I think, unfortunately, Warren just like is undisputably a woman, and that's just not going to happen. See, I have another take on that. So I wonder if, um, and and we can, and this also applies to my my assessment of Biden's recent surge. I wonder if it's not just sexism, right? Um, because I think there there's probably some of that for sure. Um, not probably. I <laughs> there is some of that, yeah. but I also wonder if it is also. Even people who Elizabeth Warren would have convinced if they are so... They they remember 2016 and they think about what happened with Hillary and they saw how she decimated Trump in all these debates and he still won. Do you feel like people are still like, I saw what happened and I'm so worried, you know, people who are against Trump, I'm so terrified of like him winning again another four years in a presidency where he won't have um the the ex like he won't have to be you know curtailed in his policies or what he says or does because he's not he won't have to face another re-election i'm so scared of that happened that of that happening that i'm going to go with who i who i think this country will see as a safe option and that is a a, a older white man also <laughs> do you like do you see that as a possibility in your instance you think that they're looking and saying like okay we tried to have a woman last time and it didn't work and so now we're going to go for like the safest option absolutely right i think but i don't think that's so uh, i'm not saying that that's everybody yeah i'm saying that is a large majority because let's remember that hillary did win the primary and right. she and she i don't I don't think that like And she won the popular vote. And she won the popular vote. So yeah. like she just so, didn't have Russia on her side. <laughs> so I don't think that I, I definitely think that people were like on her side and I, and I and so I think a lot of people who are who are v- voting for like a, a Biden or a Sanders or even a Bloomberg are saying this woman is great, Liz, but I'm I don't want to put. I don't want to waste my vote on a candidate who is not, at the end of the day, going to be chosen by other people as the safe bet. That's that's the rationale, and I think the same applies with, you know, I I think some people with that same rationale also didn't cast their ballots for Kamala. I think twenty sixteen is like I think people are reflecting on that and like saying, I we need. I, I, we need a change, and I don't think voting my passion, 
you know, is going to do it this time. <laughs> like, yeah. voting the institution. Who, I also feel like know. the numbers from 2016 kind of taught us, though, that the people that felt that way just didn't vote at all. Mm. So I don't know if they're really coming out and doing Biden instead, right? I think they're just not voting, especially in the primaries. But what? So, but why do you think that they would do the same thing they did four years ago? Of not coming out to vote? Yeah. I mean, we're a pretty... um is apathetic the word I want? Yeah. I feel like it's a pretty apathetic culture towards politics in general. But, right. um, I mean, I, I can see them wanting to go with the safe bet. But I just don't know if there is actually a safe bet at this point. Except for if you think the safe thing is to keep going with the status quo, which is an old white man. Who's like literally red-faced, eyes bloody <laughs> on the podium. It will definitely be interesting to see what eventually happens, but it's been, it's truly been for me a learning experience, like having even some of my, some of my preconceived notions about like how people, how people vote and why they vote. People are voting their fears. Yes. Yep. Which is how we got him plus Russia in the first place. And that's what scares me is like, I feel like. Trump, and he still does, plays to fears of Mexicans, fears of people, immigrants, fears of, right? And so people vote based on like, and like everyone listening, you should read On Tyranny immediately. On Tyranny is such an amazing book written by a Yale professor who like really shows a lot of parallels between our current administration and pre-Holocaust Hitler administration and really shows us how easy it is to slip into a tyrant's rule and not even recognize that that's what's happening. And one thing that he talks about a lot is the power of fear and how tyrants will often tell you that you have to give up your liberty to be protected, which is 100% what is happening, right? In order to protect you from these bad hombres from Mexico, you got to vote this way. You got to give up this. You got, you know what I mean? Like playing on fear is such a big thing. So I feel like that's what got us in this in the first place. And unfortunately, I feel like it's going to continue, which is very scary. But mm. I just, I don't want Joe, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I didn't like Hillary, but this feels more lesser of two evils than even that. Because Joe Biden is like a parasite for sure. I am. I have to say, I am extremely surprised uh, that he um, has just by winning the uh, the primary in South Carolina yesterday. He three is, out of five black people voted for him, and he's not that far now from Sanders, who had a very decisive lead. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised just based on the fact that, you know, Joe Biden has also not performed well in the debates. Mm -hmm. Um, and it will be interesting to see like how it all shakes out because I do also think that Sanders has mobilized like a lot of young people, young people for for whatever reason, this 70 something year old man who like looks like a curmudgeon and speaks like a curmudgeon, um, and like, always looks like he's just barely gonna make it. <laughs> 
78 looks but real But young old people on love him, and I think he's he's been so anti-establishment all his life. I think he has really tapped into something that yeah. like millennials and Gen Z feel when it comes to like being shut out. He's always been what Joe Biden swears he's been. Mm. When Joe Biden swears he's out here marching, but like no pictures are showing that. Mm. Sanders was really like I will give him that he's like you said really been like about this life for a really long time whereas Joe just was able to latch on to the right candidate so I just like it's it's just I think where we land is that it's we don't know what's gonna happen yeah um, and that we're I am for one I think it's safe to say I'm surprised that it's changed so much from like the last time we were talking about the the candidate feel to now I feel like my parting thing for this is like vote in your primaries for real. Like it like matters. It's coming up very soon. I think ours is late April in New York. Like it's we got to like kind of make a call now. And um, as we see with what happened with Biden in South Carolina, like those things matter. And when you come out in numbers, those things matter. So, Hmm. you know, I got my own issues with like race and voting and how this country has set it up but i do think it's like one of the few things we really get to tap into here so do it onward onward all right and then our last topic i felt like we could not have an episode and not talk about coronavirus Mm -hmm. or Mm covid19 so it's Reports came out today that the instances have increased in the U.S. They are now on every, it's now on every continent except Antarctica. This morning it hit New York. It was reported that it hit New York. Mm -hmm. A woman who just came back from Iran. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even a China situation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's here. I was reading up on how Chinatowns have really suffered because people feel like they shouldn't eat Chinese food because it originated in an animal in China. And I don't even... Yeah. Wait, what part? Because it originated in an animal in China. So people are like, well, I'm not going to eat Chinese food over here in New York. Right, because they feel like they don't know if it's being imported. I And it's funny, like... You know, I think most things are trash, but I think that's a realistic concern in the in the sense that, like, we just don't know how this started or spread. And so, like, we're kind of trying to grasp at anything to keep ourselves safe. I will say everyone is saying that that is not how it's happening. So you can still go to Chinatown, get your food. <laughs> it's that's that's not where this came from. But um, I do think that it just shows how scary number one these are and how um it's so easy to be misinformed you Mm -hmm. know and it's so easy to think that you just need to like buy a face mask not eat chinese food and you'll be fine and it's like that's not how it works you avoid uh outbreak or contagion right yeah any other disaster movie right you need to like wash your hands and stay home if you're sick like all the shit you should be doing anyway um And I feel like for me, like I work in an office and in a building with a lot of people and I can see that people aren't taking it seriously. And so then I work from home, right? Like it's like, for me, I'm just like, I'm going to take it seriously. And you guys are all laughing and, you know, people just came back from countries that had outbreaks and they are upset that they have to work from home for two weeks. And it's just like, I don't know why we're so flippant about this. Right. Um, People are dying. Right. People are dying. But the answer is not 
not to eat Chinese food. So just wash your hands, cover your mouth. I will also say one other thing on that. Yes, do all that. Yeah. Um, also, I was I actually bought face masks recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like surgical masks at like a from like a CVS or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also like confused on which type of mask to buy. Mm-hmm. So there's like the ones that like look like basically cloth mm-hmm. that cover your mouth and don't like seal tightly all the way. Mm-hmm. But then there are other ones that are a little more sturdy that do seal tightly around the mouth. And I think those are the ones that people should be buying. They're called respirators. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the material is a little thicker and a little more like uh, tougher. Um, and we can include this in the in the show notes as well. But those are different from like surgical masks. Right. Like, but I also heard those aren't helpful. Those are helpful if you are sick. Well, those are face like the face masks like are helpful if you are sick and trying not to like you know cough on people because it like helps to block the mm-hmm. germs from the cough. But respirators specifically, they're designed to keep out bacteria. Mm-hmm. Like so. For some of these masks that are not respirators, they'll filter out, say, like, if someone coughs in your face, um, they'll filter out the droplets, like the actual water, but they won't necessarily filter out the bacteria. Mm -hmm. So, like, respirators, like one made by 3M or something like that, which we'll include um, in in the show notes, they, like, are designed to specifically, like, not only filter out the the water cough droplets which is so disgusting to say Mm. but also like the tiny like microscopic bacteria Um, and those do exist but they're just like much more expensive all right yeah we'll put resources in the show notes all right that's it for your business as if that wasn't enough Mm -hmm. um so because it's just us this week which honestly i love um we're gonna do llc but our learns are like a little more meaty and then we'll move on to loved and canceled so my learned this week is that um so every year god willing we get like a merit increase or a cost of living increase at my company in our salary Mm. And this year, I started to think more about, like, how, because I, in previous years, I wasn't, I didn't have a great salary. And so the cost of increase was just like, all right, good. Now I can, like, stop saving some, or I can stop, like, scrapping. But I feel like, thank God, I'm, like, in a very comfortable place now, and like, with my side hustles, that I can look at that extra and figure out what I can really do with it. So I started to research, like, What's a good thing to do with your cost of living increase if you really didn't need it, right? Like if you're meeting all your needs with your current salary, your cost of living is just an icing on the cake. Um, And so I read of three options that are very cool and I'm definitely already doing one of them. But um, so say you get a 3%. So say you make 100K, you get a 3% increase. That's 3,000 extra dollars. So one of the options you can do is increase your retirement plan by the same percentage that you got an increase. So if I'm at 14% now, then I'll be saving at 17%. Are you saving 14% of your... (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I'm saving 17% because I got a 3% raise. Wow. I want to retire. That's a lot. I want to (laughs) retire. Like I'm like very serious about that. I feel like... 
I love my parents, but I'm not sure that they were taught the same, especially at this young age. And they started figuring that out late 40s when they already had kids. Like, I feel like God has put me in a place where I don't have a husband and children right now. I have an apartment that's pretty affordable. And like, this is the time because there's going to be a time that I have expenses that are going to make me not be able to save that much. Mm -hmm. So that's one option. Another option is to save your age percent of the income. So for instance, this extra 3,000 that you would get if you make 100,000, then you save 30% of that. So 900 of that instantly goes into a savings account, high Mm -hmm. interest yield savings account, y'all. Don't. Mm -hmm. Savings accounts at your normal bank are (laughs) pointless. HSBC and Barclays both have really good interest rates. And so just like let your money make money for you. Would you include links to those for us? Yes, of course. Um, So for instance, I'm 33. So I would be saving 33% of that 3% increase that I got. So that's option two. That doesn't feel like enough for me. I like to save a little more. So, but that's a good option. And then a third option is each time you get a raise... Spend a percentage of that twice the number of years that you plan to retire. (laughs) So that means if you expect to retire in 10 years, then you can only spend 20% of that raise. So if your raise is 3,000, I expect to retire in, let's say, 20 years, then I can only spend 40% of that $3,000 and the rest has to go in savings. So I think these are just good ways to like start to... And I talk to you about this all the time, like hide your money from yourself. Like, yes, you get an extra 3%, which means you could be like, okay, well, I can eat out more. Because the 3% dwindles down to an extra like $25 a week, right? When they take taxes out, it's not that much. But if you save a thousand of that and every time, every year you get an increase and you save a thousand, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think those are smart ways to think about what I call extra money, you know, like I'm already working for this salary and now you gave me this 3% and I didn't really have to do anything for it. So that that's extra. Um, and so that this is what I want to do with it. So I definitely like when I was told that I hiked up my 401k, um, I maxed out what my company can match, which I feel like is smart. Like if your company matches up to 6%, Absolutely. put at least 6%. It's free money. Mm-hmm. It's free money. I understand like you do want to splurge and I live, you know, but you also have to think about the future yeah. if there is one because the world's falling apart. <laughs> What's your alert? Uh, well, banking on the world not falling apart. <laughs> uh, my learned is uh, the value of um, enriching yourself and always being willing to learn something new. So. Um, this is a lesson that has kind of been brought to light over the past few weeks. You know, I started a new job more than any other job I've been at, like this particular place, like, um, invest in the skills of its employees where every week it seems like there's like a new session that you can attend to like brush up on your skills to ask like other employees with different expertises and um, disciplines, um, you know, about how they learn what they learned and like basically take master classes on certain things. And then it all came to a head um, this past week because I took a, a podcasting class that my employee paid for. And it was really cool to see, not only for myself, like, 
this thing that I, you know, know how to do. You know, we've done your business for a minute now. Um, and I know how to handle audio equipment and, you know, have a sense of how to write, you know, for, for a podcast. Um, but even then I still learned things and there were still other people in this class who were like 50 and 60 and 70 mm, who awesome. were like, I want I want to know how to like do a podcast, that's you know. Awesome. <laughs> and it was just so inspiring to me and it made me like like check myself like, you know, you've achieved a certain degree of success in your career, but you can all you can always learn more. Yeah. And I think um it doesn't behoove us at all to ever become complacent in any in in any industry, especially how seeing how digital has disrupted everything. And I learned that my mom is like that. You know, my mom always has like the latest iPhone and sometimes she'll go to the Apple store and they have classes on like Hmm. digital tech stuff Mm -hmm. and she'll go. And because she's like, I want to learn that. Totally. And I love that in her 60s, just being like, yeah, like it does a detriment to us when we decide to stop learning. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, that was my learn. Like it, I was inspired after the podcasting class to look for other classes and seek out other ways for me to like consistently be adding on to my portfolio of skills. And I encourage like other listeners, especially if you're a young listener to be doing the same. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. And I have a quick love and a quick cancel. Cool. Give it to us. Okay. So my cancel is that I literally got to witness gentrification personified the other day. <laughs> On my street. Um, On my street. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot, like my street is pretty mixed. It's all brownstones, but like some are like black people who you can tell have just lived here for forever. My landlord being one of them. And then you can see that there's some that have been like swooped up by gentrifiers and now they're being like sold to young white families. And then there's also a lot of Hasidic Jews on this street and the other day, there was like a black, because it was like nice, I guess, yesterday. There was a black lady and her son on their stoop. And next door, there was a brownstone with a for sale sign by like Daniel Horowitz. That was like the name of the guy on there. And he was standing out front, like waiting. He was having open house. And the black lady said very loudly, oh, it's for sale for sale. Because she started to see all the people who were coming in to see it. And I feel like I just saw in that moment, like, the juxtaposition between, like, this person who has, like, most likely inherited this place, right? Or has, like, lived, grew up in it. And then this next door where you're having an open house where you're showing the uh, the building that who knows what you're selling it for to people who don't look like anyone that originated in this neighborhood. Um and so it just was like the the sweeping of it. And, you know, I like I have people in my life who are born and raised in Brooklyn, like live in the house that they grew up in and people try to get them to sell all the time. So it is like, number one, where do you expect these people to go that you're pushing out? I know that's not your concern, hmm. but also just to see that visual of like what you're trying to erase was just like heartbreaking hmm. because I know like. You know, they're, they're, thankfully, there are black people like my landlord, obviously, like this woman who have been been able to hold out and not sell. But that's not always the option, you know. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of like bummed me out, but also made me very happy that I like 
found a place to live where I'm like giving money to a black homeowner um, who, you know, I hope one day will turn into me being a black homeowner and just like I'm able to like put my resources into that and how important that was for me. Um, And then just how like sad it is to see like what they feel like up and coming neighborhoods have to look like. Mm. And it's not families that look like us. Um, So that's my cancel. Stay out of our neighborhoods. And my loved, so my love for this week is just speaking up. I think, you know, I'm still in therapy and I'm still doing EMDR, (laughs) which is changing my life. But I think it's taught me that I don't have to apologize for my, for having needs or I don't have to apologize for being upset or I don't have to apologize for like having feelings. Um, and I had a situation recently where I like had a lot of feelings about something and the other person in the situation didn't necessarily think it was like as emotional as I did. And I think I'm, I'm just really proud of myself that I was able to speak up and say like, I fully understand that this doesn't feel important as, as dire to you, but mm-hmm. in this moment it feels that way to me. Um, and uh, an imagery that I, I've been able to use that has really helped me is like, you and I could step outside at the same time and you could think it's nice weather and I could think it's cold, right? Like it could just be that I react differently to the weather and like, that's how emotions work. And so the same exact thing could be happening to us and neither of us are wrong, but like I could just react differently to it. Um, so I think just like being able to connect those things, being able to speak up about it and then speak up not in apology, but to just be able to explain that this is what's happening mm-hmm. um, is my love for this week. Because I think it's like being able to show up for ourselves in that way is like no, that's great. the greatest gift. I had a very similar conversation, which is kind of a segue into my love yeah, as well. Um, yesterday, um, and it was very much like Okay, so I hear you, but my feeling is still valid. 100%. And, I, and so I is can, yours, yes, but... Yeah. I can acknowledge that what you're saying, I have thought many times about, and I do need to X, Y, Z, but still, what she said in this moment made me feel this way, and yep. that is still the case. Yep. <laughs> so, so we can... So I can address my stuff on the back end and we can still talk about this thing here. Right. Um, and I think the, which is, again, back to my love, I think that is, you being able to do that in your situation and me being able to do that in mine, I feel are also, you know, it's it's indicative of work, but it's also indicative of being in like healthy, mature relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think about the relationships that, the relationship that I'm in now, my my romantic relationship, but I also think about like our friendship and I think about some of my other like healthier friendships where like you think about yourself like at 34 compared to 24. It's like, damn, like we're really able to have conversations and like nobody's storming out, like nobody's like pouting in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like we're like having it out and we're not yelling at each other in this moment. Um, and, and we deserve people that do that. Yes, yeah. yes, and 
and who also allow us to have those moments too, right? Yeah. But more often than not, are trying at least to hear what we're saying. Yeah. And that feels really good. Like, the relationship that I'm in now is by far the most mature mm-hmm. on both parts. You know, not just him, but on my part too. Yeah. The most mature relationship that I've ever been in, just in terms of like listening and like trying to really understand the person and also not listening with the intent of um speaking back speaking back yeah. or to um give lip service to so they'll shut up mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah. let me really hear this person because i care about them and um i want i want this to work so right. um so that's my love like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm very thankful for being in that kind of relationship and i i thank god for it all the time yeah um, my cancel, lastly, is cover your effing mouths. I am tired of being on the effing train and people are coughing. We just talked about the coronavirus, yes. but also every just other in thing. General, yeah. One of my colleagues is out this week from, from norovirus. I don't even know what that is. I never heard of that. But it's like, oh, Lord. Cover your mouths. Like, every morning, Shane, I, I swear, I know it's, like, cold season or whatever, but it's, like, you can have a cold, but <laughs> duck into your elbow. Yeah, dab. Cover, like, dab real quick. <laughs> instead of That's what they teach the kids at Instead school. of coughing on me who's sitting under you while you're, you know, a strap hanger on the train, I'm sitting on the seat, and then you decide to just cough real quick. Yeah. But you know what's weird? I do feel like not to give the excuse. It's a it's a cultural thing. When I was going to um Portugal last year, on the plane to Portugal, we saw more people cough like open mouth than I've ever seen. And oh so maybe it's just like not tired. That is hell everywhere. to me. It was bad. On that, a plane. That it was feels bad. like hell. That sounds like hell. It was like to seven me. hours to Lisbon. That sounds like hell. Yeah, it was bad. I, I don't I it makes me like I wanna know where that comes from. Like did your mom also like but my they mom cough into told the me. ground? I feel like people think that's like better. What? Like, the ground? Like- <laughs> 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 that's just going into the air. Oh my god. Cover your mouth. On the y'all. way to Lisbon and Madrid it was like that. When you cough and first of all, before you even get to like the the hand part over your mouth or the elbow part, like when I cough, I even try to like, <coughs> you know, first. Oh, I you know, usually do it into my my that too. Elbow. But I'm saying as a default, if I can't even get there, right. my mouth is still it's closed. Trying, at least trying, trying to be close. I'm talking about saying I'm walking down the street. <laughs> I've seen them. Tongue out. What do they look like? Though? Wide up. I know you ain't gonna say that. Okay, bye bye. Your business. <laughs> Are we true tellers or not? Are we true tellers or not? Cover your mouths. We're done. <laughs> that is Thank good, you guys. Thank you guys for coming back. Um, so bear with us, y'all. I feel like we're trying to figure out this season with just like all the other things that we have going on, but we are we're like ready to be back. So we're gonna do our damnedest and Push like through. stay in communication for sure. Um, we still have our Patreon, which like some of you still contribute to, even with the long ass break. So you're bless like, you, just <laughs> literal gems. Um, check the show notes. Well, I'll try to be back on our Instagram to tell y'all what's going on. But we love you and Twitter. Yeah. All right. See you next Bye. week. Bye. Peace.